This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. I am on the line with Holly Homer from Kids Activities Blog, a blog that, well, you guess, shares activities for kids. She's the mom of three very active boys who had to come up with a strong strategy for keeping them busy and keeping her sanity. Her blog has grown to so much more than a blog, including several online shows, books, and tons of fun to be had by kids all over the world. One of the things she has managed to do successfully is dominate Facebook regardless of all of the complaints that you hear about news feed reach. Their Facebook page has over 2.7 million likes, named one of the 20 20 influencers to have been invited to Facebook for their live event and was named by Mashable as one of the top 10 Facebook live stars to follow. Brought around here to talk about how to thrive on Facebook despite newsfeed changes, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Holly, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is going to be fun. Oh, you are very much welcome. I'm glad to have you on here because I know when it comes to face when it comes to Facebook, you know a thing or two. Just a little bit, yeah, but it's a little bit. <laughs> It's just because I do it every day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you spend that much time on Facebook, you got to know something to share with my audience. So that's what we're going to get into today. So let's well, actually let, let's start here. A lot of people complain about Facebook. <laughs> Are you one of those people? And I don't want to make that sound in a a negative way because I also complain about Facebook. But are you one of the people that are concerned about um, marketing on Facebook because of all the changes that have been happening? What are your feelings? Let's start there before we go back and like deconstruct everything. How do you feel about Facebook? How do you really feel? (laughs) Tell us. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, okay, so like in the morning, and I mean, in the beginning of all this growth on Facebook, I was definitely one of those, um, you know, haters. And, you know, because I like, I'm old enough to not have ever been on Facebook for personal reasons. (laughs) You know, like, you know, I wasn't I was way, you know, way past college when Facebook came out. And um, so when I joined Facebook, it was a conscious, you know, decision to kind of out myself, not like write anonymously online anymore, you know, claim my, claim my blog through Facebook. And, and so it's always been a business decision for me. So, you know, the algorithm changes from, you know, like even in the early days hit me hard Mm -hmm. because I was, I was never on there just surfing for high school friends type thing. Um, so, you know, there was that really struggle, that fight, um, in the early days where I was just like, really angry and like Facebook hates me and discouraged and stuff like that. And then I, then I really, really realized that it is an algorithm. (laughs) Algorithms are numbers. They react exactly the same to every single action, you know, in general. And so there, we have to take the emotion out of it. Like it is a game that I play every single day and um, I, that's helped me change my mindset. So yes, like this game is getting harder and harder by the minute. Like there's no joke there. And we all know where this is going eventually that something else in the world will be popular. But what our goal is today and tomorrow and the next day is to squeeze every single bit of gaming ability out of this game. Wow, that's that's interesting. And and you said we know where this is going. I want to talk a little bit about where it's going, but let's <laughs> rewind now and leave that as a teaser. And let <laughs> let's talk about how you got into all of this. So before the blog, what were you doing? So I was a stay-at-home mom, um, and I had been a stay-at-home mom for for a couple years. Um, 
But previous to that, um, I have my master's degrees in, in physical therapy. I had been a physical therapist. I had worked for, you know, 10 years. Um, and then, but my dream had always been to be a stay at home mom. And so when that happened, um, I was home with the, with the kid, what ended up to be two boys and then three boys. <laughs> and then I kind of, um, just needed like adult conversation and kind of a creative outlet. So I began a blog and that's how that all started. And then now, <laughs> now I work from home. Um, I run a business from home and my husband has now retired from his job and has joined our company and we all work together. It's kind of a family affair. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But by the way, I, uh, until I looked at my research here, I had no idea you were a physical therapist. I, I don't know if you know, but I used to be a professor in a physical therapy department. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I did. So cool. Yeah, I did that for three years, and I stopped that two years ago to do this thing full time. I uh, didn't know it was in the physical therapy department. I used to be like the um, the manager of the cadaver lab. Oh, that is where <laughs> I spent my entire day. Oh my word! Because I was the I was the gross anatomy professor. Oh my gosh, I was like the T, the main TA. Oh man, you should have been at my school, and this should have been. Oh wait, no, I, I guess at that time. Never mind. Let's just. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say that was a while back. <laughs> yeah, that's a little while back. Okay, so physical therapist. Your husband was a physician, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you guys crazy? I mean, uh, physical therapy, <laughs> physician, security, right there, and now blogging. Uh, are you? I know. Are you crazy? What's What's going on in terms of? Well, first of all, was it an easy decision to leave those kinds of jobs behind to do this online stuff? Well, for me, it was easy because you know I was home with the kids, and so I wasn't bringing in an income. Okay. So. You know, and that took the, you know, I was lucky in that respect that, um, you know, those early days of blogging, you know, it was a hobby for me. I had no expectations to be earning money. So, you know, I just kind of did what I did and, you know, found, you know, a few years into it that, oh, I could pick up some pocket money here and there. And then, oh, goodness, that's gotten a little bit more. And, and all of a sudden, I'm invoicing people and running blogger campaigns for companies. <laughs> and, and you know, you know, I felt like, you know, I just kind of, you know, I kept doing what I was doing and falling into opportunity. And I was like, you know, I'm, I, you know, I used, I used to be a manager at these clinics and run, you know, run these and run the budget and the staffing and all that kind of stuff. So it was a natural kind of step to use those that skill set online and build kind of a team. And, you know, so I was always looking at it more from, I think, the business minded once I figured out that this was like could be leveraged. And but it like like no one knew where this was going. Like, uh -huh. you know, I ran a mom blog, you know, like <laughs> who knew who knew that was going to be like kind of cool or kind of like accepted by, you know, society at some point. And, um, and so as those things got bigger and bigger, um, my husband was, you know, completely on the sidelines of all this. And, and at one point, and it was basically, you know, around tax time when like, we realized that like accounting is not my strong suit. Um, <laughs> and I like dump my entire financial situation in his lap and um, for for a rescue so that the IRS isn't after us. And um, and he was like, oh, my gosh, like, what are you doing here? Like, you're actually making money. <laughs> and so um, he, he after that rescue, he um, he's he had Good taken rescue. over the business side of my, uh, you know, kind of so that like that didn't happen again. And so he's been on the pulse of this as it's grown. And, and we were able to make a decision based on the numbers. And I think that's what, like, whatever you're doing, you know, that's, you know, take the emotion out of it and make a decision based on the numbers. And that's going to always be a, a sound decision. Okay, so let's give this some context. You started uh, with this blogging stuff when? So it was about nine, nine, ten years ago um, with a little blog called June Cleaver Nirvana. It was just, you know, me talking about raising three boys. June Cleaver Nirvana. Uh, so back in like 2007. Yep. And um, you started it there, just kind of a side thing. When did it become obvious that it, it could have been, uh, by the way, I mean, since 2007, that means like you're really old in blogging age. I know. I'm an ancient yeah, dinosaur. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're like a, a relic from the past. Um, <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. Yes. Um, but, but 
when did you realize, hey, this could be a little more than this thing that I do at home just as a, a, a creative outlet? So um, it, there was a really clear date. Um, I went, um, I, I'm a low maintenance girl um, <laughs> who has, who ha like I live in Dallas, in the Dallas area where like there's not a lot of us low maintenance girls. Like, <laughs> and I've been to a lot of hair salons, but like I always felt super uncomfortable. Like they kept asking me questions I didn't understand and they were super fancy. And I'm like, I just want my hair cut and color. Just do what <laughs> would look good. I don't know what I want. Like just like, this is why I'm here for the professional and so I had been to probably eight or nine salons in the area and, um, and a new one opened up and I went in and it was like, like an angel choir sing, <laughs> like, you know, they like totally got me, like they brought me in, they had an internet bar in the middle of that thing <laughs> so that I could nice. like, while they were doing whatever they were doing, they didn't ask me any questions. They just did it. And I was able to like work on my blog during the, you know, during the, the appointment and they were super nice. And I, I love that. In fact, I wrote about the tile that they had on the floor. I mean, so I wow. went home and I blogged about that experience, like how, like, finally I found my home kind of thing, you know, just kind of tongue in cheek. And um, I went back a month later and the owner of the salon, um, her name is Lori, she came out and she said, Holly, I want to advertise on your blog. And I said, I said, I don't even know that there's anyone in this area reading it. And she says, oh, yeah, there are. <laughs> We've gotten several customers from the post that you wrote. Oh, wow. And I was, I was like, but I didn't even mention what I didn't even mention the salon. I just kind of referred to where it was, you know, because at that point I wasn't super, hey, I'm in, you know, this city and this location. And I kind of, you know, it was kind of more, you know, back then people weren't as open about who they were. Um, so I was trying to, you know, thinking safety and stuff like that. So I hadn't even been like, this is the salon. Here's their number. Wow. Here's their hyperlink. I had just kind of thrown it out there. And so people in the area, you know, figured it out and they went in. Wow. <laughs> so, so she said to me, she goes, I want you to, she goes, you're the person I've been looking for. I want you to figure out how I can advertise to people like you online. Because back then, they're only, you know, the targeting of Google AdWords and stuff like that wasn't as good. Um, you know, they were kind of relying on on people who they felt they were a little shady in the area as far as like local. It just was a different world back then. And she said, this is what we've been looking for. We want this voice that's authentic. This is, you know, you need to do something with this. And so I drove home and, you know, went to GoDaddy and bought like 10 URLs. And <laughs> that kind of, um, you know, started the whole, and I started a local website for moms in Dallas at that point. And, and it, it just, even though that pro project is no longer online, it, I learned so much from like monetization and trying to figure out that whole area very early in the process before a lot of other people were thinking about it. Okay, so I'm seeing June Cleaver Nirvana. I'm seeing She is Dallas. I'm seeing DFW bloggers. I'm seeing Business to Blogger. And right. then I'm seeing Quirky Mama. Where are we in terms of, because these are all, are, are these all different blogs? Yeah. So over, and I just, I, just because I, I spoke on this um, like three days ago, I, I know this, I make a slide up of all the projects that I started online. And then my next slide is all the ones that have failed. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm up to like maybe 22 projects oh, that word. I started. And, you know, I'm at a 65 to 70% failure rate, <laughs> <laughs> which just goes to show you know, and this is my point about that is like you look at, you know, you could look at me and say, oh, my gosh, she's so lucky. Like she really hit the jackpot on that on that website. But the truth is, you know, that was just one entry into the lottery. You know, I have 24 other ones that wow. I did, you know, that aren't front and center to you today. And I think that is a really important thing to t talk about when like online I show you what I want to show. Everybody shows what they want to show. You have no idea what's going on behind the scenes or the fact that I have four full-time employees and 22 paid contributors. Like you, it could look to you that, oh my gosh, she's like, she does it all, you know, and she raises a family and homeschools too. <laughs> and that's just not the case. You know, I have a huge team. Um, we fail 70% of the time 
And every once in a while, we hit on something that really works, and then we exploit it the heck out of it. So, like, it's just, it's a process, and you have to get really, really comfortable with being terrible at stuff. Man, that that's like one of the most difficult things for some people to hear because we don't want to fail at anything. We want to start that blog like we saw that one person do and we didn't see all the other failures. But we saw this one person that started this blog and it's doing very well and we want to do that from the very beginning. I'm, right. I'm, I'm curious, how many of your blogs are still around today? Um, I, I literally, I think there, I've, there's probably five. Oh, wow. Yeah. But like those are all projects and a lot of those projects are pretty new projects. So they haven't had time to get like axed. <laughs> so, so how many of them are like successful today? Is it basically the, the kids activities blog? So kids activities blog. And then I have a, a website with um, um, Rachel Miller who actually started Ki um, quirky mama um, called One Crazy House. That's a very successful blog, okay. but it's like 18 months old. Um, I have another project, um, or actually several sites that I own with Jamie Harrington, which is, um, she runs Totally the Bomb. And um, so like um, Poise and Purpose is one of my sites and playideas.com. And, um, and there are several others in that that were just kind of getting going. But, and then I have, I just like, I've had the URL like nine years, hollyhomer.com. And I just started that in the last few months to kind of put this how to blog, how to work from home. Because I think that's my next like mission in life is to show, especially moms, you know, that like you can do, you can have it all, not necessarily at the same time, but like if you want to be home at may earning a little extra money and raising your kids, like, let me show you how to do that. Like that's my wheelhouse. Okay. So uh, this is actually very exciting to me. Um, <laughs> first of all, so you, th you still think it is possible for a mom or a dad or a student or whatever in 2016 to start a blog and have it be successful. Leslie, I like I want to like I have goosebumps how 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 easy this is, okay? Because let me put it to you this way. And my husband and I, we failed not only online but offline. So we like we it was he had a very stressful job and it was killing him. And I could see it killing him. And in order for our family to, you know, to be together and loving and love each other, we needed to get him out of that job. Mm. And so for several years, we looked at different options and we, we bought a franchise, you know, like we bought three stores that we were going to like run and so that he would take over knowing that we would actually need about seven stores to have that like replace his income. And, you know, so, and luckily, thank God. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. Thank God that failed miserably huh. because while we were in that process of seeing how this franchise, like each one of those stores was going to cost us $250,000 in overhead. And we would have had four, at least four to seven employees that we were on the payroll for. And we would open the doors and not even have a chance of breaking even to cover the bills until month nine. And like, so you multiply that by seven stores. I mean, like we're in the $2 million range here and that's debt that's on our books. And there's employees that we're now worried about. And, you know, somebody's calling in sick and I'm having to drive over yeah. here and drive over there. And while that was happening and while that project was just like, you know, we were holding on to it with the fingernails, my blog was taking off. And what does my blog have? It has an overhead of hosting. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I can have two visitors to my, you know, to my blog, or I could have a million visitors my blog. And yes, the hosting will be a little bit more expensive, but we're talking hundreds of dollars, not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if you open a coffee shop today, there is only so many cups of coffee that you can serve from that coffee shop. But that is not the case online. And you know what? There's no rent and there's no employees unless you want them. And there's like, and 
I mean, I like it hurts my head when I drive through town and just look at the dollar signs that are in those buildings. You know, like we 2016 is the freakishly most available <laughs> time in the entire history to start a business and start a business online because it's sweat equity. And if it doesn't work, you put some time into it and you learned a heck of a lot and the next one's going to be so much better for the, and you'll put some time into it and you'll fail at that one too. And the third or the fifth or the 10th or the 20th is going to take off in some way because you are now an expert in that space because you failed more than anyone else. And that's what I'm telling you here. It is last blogger standing. There, I have no special like blogger fairy dust on me. I just have been failing for almost 10 years, and that's what's got me here. Oh, my. Okay. I'm having a hard time staying in my seat right now and not like <laughs> jumping up and running around my office. <laughs> that wouldn't sound as good on a podcast. So I'm going to try to contain myself here because. Here's, here's the thing, right? Somebody might listen to that, and uh, we're supposed to be talking about Facebook. I know, but this is this is like, ah, I, I, okay. So someone might listen to that and think, oh, Holly said it's easy. Let me go and start a blog, and maybe I fail a little bit, and I do another one, and, 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 and eventually it's going to be successful. I don't really have to do that much. But that's not what I get from what you're saying because it sounds to me like you've put in a ton of work over the years that has yeah. helped you to build this successful, well, it sounds like an empire because you're talking <laughs> about all these multiple blogs and all that stuff and partnerships and so on and em employees and, 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 and contractors and all that stuff. But it sounds as if you've really worked hard over the years to build what you have and you believe that anyone who is passionate enough about a, a specific topic or wants to, to stay at home and build something substantial, if you put in, I think you said, sweat equity. Sweat equity. Then you can build something successful. You really, really, really can. And I mean, that's not just, and I like to call it a kingdom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But, I, like, I like that. But, um, but no, like, and, and the thing is, and this, I like one of the reasons, and my kids, you know, I mentioned we, we homeschool, we partially homeschool. They actually go to school two days a week and we homeschool the other two. And one of the reasons why we do that is because I really feel like today in the world, in the generation, and I'm not like throwing any generation under the bus because I think we've done this to them, is that we have just, you know, we've like, hey, this is the traditional path. You're going to do this and then these things are going to happen to you. We have to, as people, as people, no matter where we live, is we have to control our own destiny. And so when, you know, if, you're, if you want to have a traditional job, I think that's awesome. I think that traditional job, in my mind, is there for to fund your dream. I like your like I feel like whatever is in your heart, you need to be doing as a side gig, no matter if you're being, you know, reimbursed for it or because you need to learn what that dream means to you and how to exploit it. And you know what? Most of the time you're going to find a way to monetize that dream and then you're not working for a living, you're living. And that's the difference. So yes, I put like, especially right now, I have several new projects going on. I put in way more hours a day than like, than I would normally put into a nine to five job, but it is with my family. <laughs> you know, it is with my husband. Um, it is with, you know, my really dear friends, Rachel and, you know, Jamie. And it is with, you know, our kids. Like, like last night we had a live show and, you know, Jamie's whole family's over here. My whole family's over here. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's a very different lifestyle than having everything detached. And that's what I love. And this is a season of work for me. And what we're building right now will give us stability to back off down the road. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like we have to have like multiple podcast interviews uh, on, on these topics because we're supposed to talk about Facebook. 
Um, now, <laughs> before we talk about Facebook, yeah. let's talk about Quirky Mama, Quirky Mama Kids Activities blog. Um, can you tell me how that started and how it kind of transitioned to where it is now? So um, one of the things I love about the internet and, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a testament to, you know, you and I meeting is that you are like, it's networking on hyperdrive (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, like, and I love what I love about bloggers and social media kind of types in general is that we skip the small talk and we can just get like, when we see each other in in person, it's like, Leslie, oh my gosh, you know, like, (laughs) even though like we literally have probably spent, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes in the presence of each other. And I think that's what's so fun. So that happened between Rachel and I um, early, and we found out we we met at like kind of a blogger play group get together here in Dallas, like at a mall with our kids in the play area. Um, and you know, she and I hit it off, and we we chatted, and we realized that we lived like twenty minutes apart. And so um, she's like, you know, a few months later, we're like, hey, why don't you come over, ring the kids, and we'll sit down, and you know, we'll you know have some adult conversation and. And my kids were a lot younger at that age. Um, so we went over there and I just remember we were sitting in her kitchen and um, we, I had been there probably eight minutes when she looked at me and she said, I think I need to sell my blog. <laughs> and before, like without even hesitation, I said, I think I need to buy your blog. <laughs> and then we just like stared at each other and like, like what just happened? And she said, she and oh, I love this. She said, I'm raising money to adopt two babies from Ethiopia. And so I, we want to do it debt free. And the, one of my assets that I think I could sell and, you know, is is the blog. Well, I had just sold a blog almost exactly the same size just within a few months. So I had done, you know, back then, like, you know, you Google it, how to, you know, value a blog. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, like, so I had done the research. And so like, I knew what it was worth. And I said to her, this is the amount that I feel like it's worth. Is that what, you know, would that be adequate? And she just, she's like, that would, you know, that would basically be what I need to raise. And so, um, the, that was quirkymama.com. Um, I bought it. And what the good news was is that she still, she loved the blogging aspect of it, didn't love the business that had turned into because it had grown. And I love the business. And so she kept, you know, she was able to write over the years whenever she wanted to on that site. And then now her kids are older. She has the two beautiful, no longer babies. Mm. (laughs) Um, And and now has this other site, you know, that, that she's been able to kind of pour her, herself into. But I was able to then, I felt like quirky mama was confusing. Like you didn't know how to spell it. Um, and we didn't, you didn't know exactly what was on it. So I changed the, you know, I kind of rebranded to kids activities blog to ha- make Google happy. And, um, and it just has taken off from there. Um, so that's one of the reasons why my Facebook page is still quirky mama. Cause I'm terrible at branding. <laughs> that's not my, that's my, although it's turned out to be a blessing because now I can use my Facebook page, not just for the blog. You know, it's more like a hub for anything, you know, fun mom stuff. Nice. Now, now when was this that you bought the ball, the, the blog? Um, it was about five years ago. Five years ago. So yeah. five years ago, um, it was quirky mama. You bought it. It was doing, it, it started to take off. You said at that point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So like it was around, you know, it's been 60, a hundred thousand page views a month back then, which is a really big blog back then. You yeah. know, that was before, um, Facebook traffic. Um, you know, we were, you know, Twitter was our highest referral source kind of thing okay. and before Pinterest. So like, um, in maybe six years ago, um, I can't remember exactly, but so, you know, that was pretty, and then, um, we were, able to grow it, um, to, to about a million page views a month, um, within a year or so. Wow. And then, um, now it's, it, it, don't talk to me about Facebook algorithms at this very moment, but <laughs> it generally, um, it's between four and 7 million page views a month, um, is, is where it kind of lays depending on what's going on. Okay. So let's talk about Facebook and there's a lot we can talk about Facebook in terms of how you built it. But I think some of what you did in the beginning is probably not as relevant today. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about what's working right now on Facebook. Let's let's just dive into that since that's, <laughs> since that's what we decided to call the episode, even though they're getting a lot more than that. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that. I'm on Facebook right now and I want and when I say I, I mean the person that's listening to this. I want to do well on Facebook. Where do I start? What do I have to be thinking about when thinking about my Facebook strategy? So I, and this really was our original strategy. The interesting thing is, is most of what we learned in building is still relevant today. Uh It just has to be tweaked a little bit. Okay. So what you need to be thinking of is you need to be thinking of your Facebook page more like an editorial calendar than your programming. Like you are the TV station you are the, you know, you're the radio programming, you know, you are putting out there what you believe and what you think and what you need your audience to like. Um, so what you, and, and you have to think about this, especially if you have a really highly niched business is you need to be thinking about that from all angles because Number one, you need to be sharing very popular stuff because Facebook likes popular stuff that, you know, that we, we overuse the word viral, but it is really true. You need to be kind of in your niches, trending and popular category and have that pulse. In fact, your audience needs to be looking to you to tell them what is trending and viral right now. And so you need to be sharing that on your page. The, but the second part of that is, is you cannot like jeopardize your, who you're attracting with that content. So like you cannot, like we could all like have millions and millions of fans if we just shared funny cat videos all day, but we would be ended up ending up with a really random audience that Mm. doesn't necessarily, isn't that into you. So you have to figure out what does your customer want what does your customer like? And then you over deliver on that every single day so that you are then attracting the type of person that's going to buy your services or, you know, or buy your products or, you know, support your cause. And that is the most important thing because of the whole thing about engagement. The only way you're going to grow is if your people are engaged. And the only reason they're going to engage long term is if you're giving them things that stimulate them. Okay, so this is different. I I believe this is different from the way a lot of people think about Facebook. Uh, Because we think about Facebook in terms of, oh, this is a great place for me to share my content. And that's pretty much it. Uh, So whenever I have a blog post, that's what I share. If I have something new that's going on, that's what I share. But that's not necessarily, um, from what you're talking about, that's not necessarily the popular content. Uh, Right. So why is it important for me to be caring about this popular content? I mean, why not just give, I mean, if I am creating the, uh, the, the content that I believe my audience wants, why not just share the content that I'm creating? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so... I, I mean, I think we learn this the hard way if we look at the numbers, because as brilliant a writer I, as I am, <laughs> and it's brilliant, <laughs> and as amazing as, you know, I have the pulse of my community, like, underneath me, like, I know what they like, and I would go and write it, you know what, the internet's a really big place, mm-hmm. and somebody has written something more amazing than me every single day. And you know what? If I recognize that and go get that and share that, I get to build my community on someone else's work. And that my community doesn't care if I wrote it or if they wrote it. They're just excited to read something amazing. And so that's why. I mean, you can, you can just share your own links. And you know what? Facebook's going to look at that and say, oh, they're just showing, sharing their own links. They should pay for that <laughs> because those, you know, in, and I'm not talking about like, you know, if you have a name and if you have, are a highly niche celebrity or something like that, yes, you are in a special situation. But 
if you're like me and are in, you know, kind of the general, like people aren't going to recognize your name, you know, that kind of stuff, or, you know, and even with seven, you know, million people coming to my blog every single month, they're not recognizing kids activities blog logo, you know, we have to realize that we are small fish in Facebook's mm. pond. And what when we can align our goals with Facebook's, so I want traffic to kids activities blog, I want to build a Facebook page. And you know what? Facebook wants me to build a Facebook page. So anytime I can figure out ways to build a Facebook page on Facebook, that Facebook's going to smile on me. So if I'm sharing things that are super popular and I'm kind of the tastemaker for moms on Facebook, then that's where that engagement's going to happen. That's where that community, that's where Facebook's like, oh my gosh, look, Quirky Mama has these moms that are just rabidly involved with the page like, let's make sure that more moms see that. And that's where that goes with that suggested pages. And, you know, when things do really, really well on Facebook, Facebook's really good about giving credit to whoever started that, like, snowball. So while a lot of, you'll hear a lot of people talking about, oh, you know, likes campaigns, or this is how you buy likes, or this is how you do that. We never did that because I, I can choose like I can create a video that I know will get me 40,000 likes because it will be shared. And that's the key to anything as far as getting organic likes is by creating shareable content or sharing shareable content. Because even if I take that amazing, like, you know, heartfelt mom, you know, post from Huffington Post and I share it as a link on my page and it gets you know, and then a, like, you know, 100,000 regular moms share it up in that corner of that post, it's going to say, you know, shared by quirky mama. And if they like that, they're going to be like, what's this quirky mama, let me go check it out. And a lot of them, uh, you know, a good percentage of them is going to are going to like the page. So this is something that I've, I've been hearing. And I feel like I'm saying this on every interview now, but I've been hearing this over and over, where you're sharing relevant content, you're sharing not just your content, but hey, what's going on, you're keeping your your audience up to date with the latest and greatest that's happening in your industry right. in your niche and all that good stuff. And how well that does. And I, I don't do that a lot on Facebook. But I've noticed that the few times I do it, my engagement always goes through the roof. And uh -huh. you would think that I would just learn that lesson <laughs> and do more of that. So I want to talk about how you do that uh, in, in a little more detail. How do you find this great content what what's your what's your strategy or w what are you doing to keep abreast of the, the 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 popular content that's going on out there so it was really more difficult in the early days and let me just like kind of lay out what we do um we about a third of our facebook content is kids activities blog okay. about a third of it is things that i think will build the page so like we, uh, we devote about a third of our content every day to things that could, could be big or could be shareable and, you know, or it could be within our niche. And then, um, about a third of it is like just really good stuff that we think our audience will like. Um, and so two thirds of our content is often other people's content and one third that page builders are some of our, our own native videos and that kind of stuff, because those do well. We do, um, we also do a lot of live video, which would kind of fall in that. And we also do like, um, reader questions or viewer questions, fan questions, that kind of thing. So like, and then like kind of those, um, you know, bright and beautiful, uh, you know, images with, with like sayings the things that would be shareable. So, but then that other third is like, it is that, you know, Huffington Post um, or another blog um, that we know. And, and so in the early days, we would, you know, we'd go to Pinterest, we'd anywhere that we could find that trending, it's getting easier now. Um, you know, can, you can find more trending topics on Facebook, whereas a few years ago, that wasn't really the case. Um, they, you know, Pinterest has been helpful to us, you know, just, you know, like, you know, those kind of the sites that, you um, Today is a lot easier for us because I can go to what we shared every day and then look at what's popular among that. And we almost feel like 
I feel like at this point, we're almost like can set some of those trends to a certain extent because we see what's, what's hitting on our page at any given time. So we can turn around and find something just like it or something similar or something that takes it a step farther. But, um, but one of the things that like, uh, I mean, it was really revolutionary, quite honestly, when we went out and started sharing everybody else's stuff. Um, and I mean, like, it was, it was kind of funny because like they, you know, people would be like, oh, thanks. <laughs> like thank you and um and you know because people think you're competitors and I just I think we all have to throw that out the window online because it's not like we're putting you know Starbucks next to the the local coffee shop that's not what's happening online you and I are going to visit I don't know 50 70 maybe 100 websites today and so I just have to be in someone's top 100. And if I can connect them with their top 10, then why would they not come back to see me every single day? Um, and I think that's where we start need to, you know, to be thinking like, we just need to be the resource. We need to be the one that like, oh, well, I, you know, that quirky mama, they, I saw that link on quirky mama. I Let's go back and see if they had, you know, they have that. So we started just sharing other people's content and then inviting people to post really good content on our wall. So it, you know, it was one of those things that we just had a shout out like, Hey, if you are in the parenting space, if you write something that you think would be good on quirky mama, leave it on our wall. And so we get just hundreds of now hundreds on our wall and we choose from that every day. We have a slot or two on our schedule that we go to the wall and see what people have posted and we find something that we think was engaging. Okay, so it sounds like you're saying you track content on Pinterest, you look at the trending content on mm -hmm. Facebook because now they have that over to the right and you can see what's trending. Um, right. You have people post on your wall and you're basically scouring the internet trying yes. to find out. I mean, you're, you're spending the time doing the research so that your the people that are following you don't have to spend that time. Yeah. And let me tell you the other thing that I completely overlooked for a really long time was the direct messages to the page. And, um, uh, we, in fact, um, oh, what's the name of it? We, I, I, I'm the one that has been, I, I've, you know, kind of answer those, <laughs> even though we get like, I don't know, 50, 75, a hundred a day, but for a long time, I, it's, it's a brutal job because <laughs> I would say probably 50% of them are negative. Um, it's not something I can pay $10 an hour for someone to do because it's abusive. Um, people on Facebook are not that nice, especially when they're on underneath the guise of, you know, a direct message. And so I felt like I needed to do that. Um, and you know what? It really helps because when I got, I kept getting these um, messages, like, cause we do a lot of like birthday parties, you know, for kids and that kind of stuff on, on kids activities blog. And I got several messages that says we're looking for Paw Patrol, um, you know, birthday party ideas huh. and, um, just, in, you know, in two or three. And I thought like, you know, my kids are older. I d didn't know what Paw Patrol is. I Googled it, found out it's a, you know, it's a TV show, I think on PBS, um, that's really popular with kids right now. So we wrote, I had one of my one of my contributors that have has little kids who were into Paw Patrol write a whole series of Paw Patrol birthday party, um, you know, posts on kids activities blog, and that very first one went viral. And so I think one of the interesting things I learned there is that people tell you what they want, and you know, a lot of us are so busy writing our blogs and running our businesses that we don't listen to that. And it's, they're out there searching for that next trending topic. So if you can catch it before it's even trending, then you're the trending item. And you know, like with all these sites that do clickbait and you know, and I have my own feelings about clickbait and my own opinions that, um, about that. But these sites that are kind of leveraging the trending nature of the internet, you know what? They are going in and doing things after the fact, whereas we have the pulse of our community 
And we need to listen and then create that because they're telling us what they want. They're telling you in the comments. They're telling you in their interactions on Facebook. They're telling you everywhere. And we're often not listening. Very, very, very good points. I'm, I, I, I need to start listening to you people that keep saying this stuff to me. All right. So, <laughs> so I want to talk. I think the last thing I want to talk about is how you boost your posts. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that in terms of the strategy that you use, because I think you do it in a, a very interesting way in terms of how you select what to boost and all that stuff. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I boost two different types of posts on my Facebook page now. And this is just something that I started doing within the last year. Um, and I don't do it necessarily to increase anything but traffic to kids activities blog. And cause that's, that's where I monetize. Um, you know, I'm not able to monetize on my Facebook page, um, because I'm not verified. So this is where I monetize. So, um, I, I will boost sponsored content on Facebook on, you know, so if I wrote a sponsored post, like I think the one that went up yesterday was for Johnson and Johnson Band-Aid. So what happens is I write that blog post, I, you know, when I post it to Facebook, then in that negotiated budget for that sponsored post, I always put in a boost to Facebook of that post so that I can drive more traffic to that sponsored post. Now, in general, you know, we try to create sponsored posts and all our sponsored content is written almost like we would write any other post. So a lot of times, you know, that's not hard. We can, it's just like another post for us. It just happens to be sponsored because we never take anything that's not a good fit. Um, so, but I always want to drive as much traffic for the sponsor's benefit. So that's one, one thing that I do just, you know, kind of across the board. And then the second thing I do is I boost popular things. So when I see something that does really, really well on Facebook, then I boost that. I do not boost things that don't do well. And because Facebook told me organically that that's not going to fly and my price is going to be really high. Mm. But when something goes crazy, a few dollars in a boost can go a really long way to keep that craziness going because you have to remember you're only paying for the interactions that happen on that post. You're not paying for the results of the interactions on that post. So if you have something that's highly shareable, you can put 20 bucks into it and you could literally get you know $200 worth of results out of it because you're only paying for that initial action and it is a more organically viral post. The other trick that I love, <laughs> because this is such a win-win situation, is when other pages share, okay, so let's say, and um, like I'm really good friends with Jill who runs Kitchen Fun with my three sons. She has a ridiculously viral page. She has almost 4 million likes and it's like anything she touches is gold. Um, so Facebook just loves her. And so if she share, if she puts a kids activities blog post on her Kitchen Fun with my three sons page, it does well. Well, I will, when I see it does well, I'll share her post to Quirky Mama. So, and if it does well on Quirky Mama, now I have double like organic reach there. I might boost the share I did on Quirky Mama. And that's when you really can get those, that cost down because you're not even boosting your own post in Facebook's mind. I'm boosting a kitchen fun with my three sons post. Very interesting. So it, it sounds as if, uh, to summarize what you're saying, you are looking for the things that are doing well. Mm -hmm. And because you know they're already doing well, they already have some of that Facebook organic juice going mm -hmm. with it. Right. You know that when you spend money to boost that post, it's not going to be as expensive. So you're right. going to get more bang for the buck. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, the, and you know, if it's your post that you're boosting, then when people share it, they see, oh, quirky, this is an originally quirky mama post. You know, they might like your page. You, you know, you may end up with not only the traffic, mm. but then the, you know, almost a likes campaign that was way cheaper than what you would have set up through ad manager. And then you're, and you always want to make sure whatever you're putting money to into on Facebook hits your core audience. Mm. 
Because the last thing you want to do is run a really successful viral campaign that attracts a bunch of people who aren't going to like your page once they get into it. And I learned that the hard way because like, like two Christmases in a row, we have a really popular Christmas cookie post. Well, you know, on Kids Activities blog, we do resources for parents and family recipes and stuff like that. But what happens and this is really disappointing every Christmas when this happens, you'd think I would be like, oh, ding, 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 let's watch for this, is that people, you know, generally, you know, um, people who would see our Christmas cookie post, really like it, share it, like the page, and then be shocked <laughs> when they're sent, you know, when the next six things in the feed is a kid activity or a craft or a, uh-huh. a video, you know. Because they they want Christmas cookie recipes and and they're like you know I'm unlocking your page because I thought you were recipes no yeah fine like I'm really sorry that we deceived <laughs> you that way <laughs> but you have to be careful because like and I've said this before everything you post is an advertisement for the next thing you're going to post. So like you have to be consistent within that sphere. That's why we make sure we have, you know, the same number of kids activities and crafts every day, the same number of recipes every day. And so if someone does come in on a recipe, they're going to end up unliking the page really quickly. But if they come in and they look at the page, they see, oh, these people are about, you know, kids activities and resources for parents. And so that story is told across several um, posts a day. But when you do have something really viral that may be on the edge of that niche, you will have some, you know, some um, kind of backlash on that. But that's okay. Like, I mean, I opened up, I haven't looked in a year and a half, but at one point, like a half year and a half ago, I get, I was getting three, 300 unlikes to my page a day. Oh, wow. And, and that was just across the board. And it's probably 500 or 600 today. And that's okay. Like that's like you want those people to flush out of the system. You only want people that are really engaged in the page. Yeah. And I'm like, good riddance. Like we don't want you here. We want people who are really going to be into us. I love that. I feel like we can go on for forever talking about this stuff, <laughs> but we can't go on forever. Um, now, of course, they can check out kidsactivitiesblog.com, but you have some other places that they can check out. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I um, I just started hollyhomer.com, um, and I do kind of behind the scenes of how to blog, how, how social media, you know, we didn't even talk about it, but I'm really, really into Facebook Live. <laughs> Like at any given moment, I might be live, you know, broadcasting my life. Um, and so I, I really talk about what we've learned with that. Um, and then uh, I just launched, I'm really excited about um, a, a new blogging course. It's Quick Start Your Dream Blog. Um, and that information is on hollyhomer.com. And then I have a Facebook page, Holly Homer, that um, I'm just building to go along with that. So um, that's kind of like if you're into the social media and blogging side of what I do, that's really what you, where you want to hang out with me. I love it. Make sure to check it out, hollyhomer.com. Holly, thank you so much. I don't. I think we're going to have to do a follow-up interview on this I'm one. in. <laughs> I'm in. But thanks so much for coming on here and providing so much value. I know my audience is going to love it. All right, guys. I hope you got some value from that. Check her out, hollyhomer.com. And... <laughs> Obviously, this is good stuff. So you know you're going to get good stuff over there as well. This was episode 273. If you got value from it, uh, you want to check out the show notes, becomeablogger.com slash 273. Everything will be linked up there. And if you know someone that can benefit from this episode, go ahead and share it with them. They are going to thank you for it. Now, if you're trying to get your blog started, you want to take things to the next level. I have something exciting for you bloggercoaching.com that is my coaching club but it's a little different now you can get a 